Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where it's my job to introduce you to people from the world of commercial property. We're talking with investors and thought leaders about their experiences of the commercial property world and sharing our own lessons from the last 20 years to give you practical know-how so that you can follow in their footsteps. If you've ever thought commercial could be your next step, but it just seems too confusing and opaque, then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. Welcome to the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, and I'm your host, Jerry Alexander. This is the show where we want to help private investors build the knowledge and confidence to access the great space of commercial property investing. Each of us learn in different ways and the subject matter of commercial property and all the associated strategies is pretty significant. There's a lot to learn. So some of the technical stuff is going to be right on the money for you and other episodes will be less important. It depends on what you're trying to achieve. But one of the aspects of podcast listening that I always enjoy and get great value from is listening to other investors' experiences. Everyone comes from a different set of circumstances, so it gives us as listeners different perspectives and new ways of looking at things that we might not have thought of before. For today's episode, I'm super excited to introduce you to Neil McLeod, who's developed a tired old listed building into a modern and characterful CMO offering. I've had the pleasure of working with Neil over the past 18 months or so, and it's been really good to play a small part and to witness the progress Neil and his team have made. We cover lots of aspects in this interview, including finance, market research, professional naysayers who should know better, our very own masterbrain programme, a market ceiling busting offer, expansion plans and JVs. It's a great episode. Let's get stuck in and welcome Neil to the show. Neil. Welcome to the Commercial Property Investor Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, thanks a lot for having me, Jerry. A pleasure. We've been talking about this for a little while, haven't we? Finally, we've managed to get together yeah, and have yeah, this exactly. together. Yeah, well, you go away on skiing holidays, you see. So, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all my fault. Um, yeah. It's so good to have you on the show because, Neil, your story and where you're at right now, I think, is going to resonate with lots of listeners. You've um, got yourself in a position where your first CMO is up and running. We're going to go into that in a bit, but also you're looking at the next ones. I just think it's a cracking time. So I really appreciate you coming on. And of course, we've been we've been working together now for just over a year, something yeah. like that, Neil. Yeah, maybe almost two years now. Would it be really? as much as that? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. probably. A, a fair period of time. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but why don't you introduce yourself, Neil? Give us a little bit of your background. Um, and what I like to do on here really is just say, look, you know, a, a brief bit about background and where you are right now, and then we can maybe back nip back and forth into that story and pick out the bits that you know are going to be um good for the listeners to hear so can maybe you could just give us an introduction yeah sure so um i'll go back to what i studied originally which was architectural technology i did briefly work in that industry and then i moved into civil engineering and at that point i was working uh well i studied in aberdeen i'm in, in the northeast for anybody who's not aware of that of scotland and i moved to inverness um working in civil engineering there. And that's when I bought my first property when I was about 23, 24, I think. Um, moved back to Aberdeen um, and decided that it was buildings and construction um, property that I wanted to get back into, not roads. So um, I rented out that property in Inverness, moved back to Aberdeen and spent about nine years working as a construction project manager, I think would be the best description. So 
mainly oil companies. We were doing refurbs and new builds of office blocks, industrial units, warehouses, labs, all that kind of um, good stuff. And while I was managing my own rental property in Inverness, um, because of the work I was doing, I ended up refurbishing a couple of residential flats in Aberdeen for friends and family. And then they asked me to manage them. And I was like, well, hang on a minute. That's a bit different to looking after my own by a let. So long before letting agents had to be qualified, I went and did a qualification and set up my own letting agency whilst continuing in the project management role. And then if we cut to 2017, I decided right, we either need to uh, focus on this business or stick to my um, career. And the business was always something I wanted to do was have my own business. So left my full-time job and went full-time with the business, uh, working from the family business, which was a repair garage and filling station in a shared little office. I then converted the storeroom there um, into my office, refurbished that, but that was only like a three by three meter room so once i started employing a couple of people we slowly ran out of space and that's really where i got to the point where i needed a commercial building so it was driven by the business initially that's where the commercials come from yeah and and just like you say to give people a picture of where you are you've gone you've gone over to inverness then you're going on to aberdeen which is, um far over as you can get and then you've kind of come back a little bit more in the middle really now aren't you on the north east yeah coast so there. like yeah the northeast coast yeah so i'm up in banff now which is kind of where i grew up in that area yeah yeah so you, you've you've developed your business through i'm not going to say through accident but you've been asked for things and you've seen opportunities so you've gone ahead and done that and now or sorry, when we started talking, you were at that position, as you say, of, right, I need to get a commercial premises, or at least that seems like the nat next natural step. So just what did you actually do about that process? Did you so, just stumble across something? or uh, No, out? well, the, the building I'm in now, no. Uh, initially, I was like maybe uh, restricted my own thinking a little bit, and I thought, well, this is all I can afford. So I looked at a little toilet block in Turriff, which is another town <laughs> along the road, um, that was empty. and this was where I first got introduced to how difficult commercial agents can be. After making two offers on the building, I was still none the wiser as to what the seller was looking for. So, <laughs> yeah. So I gave up on that one and thought, right, we'll put it on the back burner. And then I thought, well, I can't afford to buy a bigger place. That was just my own limitation on my thinking. So I went and looked at a building to to lease um, in the town centre of Turriff. It was. Um, I don't know, about 12,000 square foot, maybe a bit bigger than that, but it had a first floor that could be done, but it needed work to it. And obviously it would be an RFI lease, so I'd be doing all the work. Yep. But that started to drag on and drag on. So another experience of the wonderful world of uh, commercial property negotiation. Um, and then it was sitting down with my business mentor at the time, who I still work with. He kind of said, why aren't you buying a building? And I kind of said, well, I can't afford to buy the building. The business isn't there yet. And he kind of said to me, stuff that go and find the building that meets the needs for the business now and in the future and we'll sort that problem later so that's kind of what i did <laughs> i just nice. yeah went and i looked up all the buildings within like a 20 minute radius of where i was um came up with a, about 10 or 12 buildings and then i created like a spreadsheet to score them with what i thought we needed at that time also with an eye to the future. And then one Sunday afternoon when it was pouring down rain, I went out and looked at four or five of them just to have a look at them. And there was one clear building that came out as the, the highest score. So went away in the rains to view it. Uh, went back to, it was a local solicitor at the time was selling it. So not really a commercial agent, just your 
bog standard solicitor that does a state agency and they've got a client that has a commercial building so we'll sell that for it you it wasn't very visible really no um, and they didn't really know much about it so when i went back to them and asked a few questions in the end the response i think the owner at the time was getting fed up answering these questions through various channels and said look i'll go and meet him at the building so i said right okay so i went down met the current owner of the building who i had it in his pension at that time so he was retired used to run a business from it sold that business then the business that bought it over shut down that branch um so he was left with the building and his pension not doing anything and he didn't want to spend any money on it so discussed it with him and ended up shaking hands with him that day on the price so i kind of walked out of there and like right i've got a building now i need to finance it so nice that's a good way of doing it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah that was quite an interesting experience because you're delighted in one hand but thinking right crap how do i do this now because i didn't I'd not done it before um and that was before we had started working even so um yeah. together so deposit wise i'd um basically purchasing the building I worked with uh, my bank, Clydesdale Bank, and they were only interested in the performance of the trading company and the future forecast of it. They weren't yeah. interested in any income I could make from the building by letting out space. Yes, yeah, so, so it's important. Sorry, it's important just to point out here, Neil. Yeah, that effectively when you started this process, it was to find a home for your business. Yeah, we needed and, a home. Yeah, and then there was the, the eye to the future as well, not just for your business, but also for the opportunity to actually invest in commercial for other tenants to, to basically pay your rent, wasn't it? But but during that process, um, the the leverage your business could give you is really your was your way in, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Without me knowing that at the time, but now I've seen. Um, others and speaking to yourself how powerful that can be because without the trading business I wouldn't have been able to purchase this building most likely. Not with the Clydesdale anyway. No definitely not no. <laughs> <laughs> so with private money maybe and we can come on to that because I think you've, you've you've moved on in your finance now haven't yeah, you but yeah. just carry on so you've, you've spoken to Clydesdale there's, there's a possibility if you run it through your business that they're interested in that, but not as an investment property. So how how long did it actually take to go through that process? And was there any bumps in the road or was it all? Uh, it wasn't too bad. I think I shook hands with the original owner maybe June, July, and I got the keys just before Christmas. So wow. six months, give or That's take. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Better than me. I yeah, so I had to redo the forecast about five times, I think, just to, <laughs> for the bank's purposes, because obviously it was moving on. But no, that that was fairly straightforward. It, obviously, it had to be released from his pension fund as well, which took a bit of time, I think. Do you know, funnily enough, our first commercial building was exactly the same. It was held in somebody else's pension fund. They weren't they weren't retiring, but they had fallen out of the business partner. There was a bit of a liquidation thing going on, and that's where our opportunity came up. But it's interesting. You, I certainly looking at commercial. I would never have thought in a million years I'd be able to buy a building from a pension fund. How does that work? Yeah, exactly. But of course, people have their own pension funds, don't they? And it's interesting. He's sitting there with what was an investment asset, producing income, and then the business. He sells the business. They decide they don't want it anymore, and suddenly it's not an, an asset anymore. It's a flipping liability. Because yep. there's all these costs going out, so you can see how motivated some people can get with that. So you've you've got you've got the keys around about December. What's next? So initially, as we discussed, the priority was home for the building or for the business. Sorry, so we moved the business in over that uh, Christmas period in the holidays and started trading from a couple of the rooms upstairs in the building. Um, 
with an eye to right, what do we need to do with the building? We're in the building, we'll use it and we'll assess what, what it needs, how we need to do it up, how we can use it going forward, look at the options. Um, and it's probably about that time that I think I met yourself, Jerry, at an event or you were speaking at and we had a chat and then that's when the kind of the mastermind program you were looking to set up your first one. So it kind of fitted. Right. It was the first one, yeah. yeah. It fitted with, like, I know what I'm doing when it comes to renovating commercial buildings or doing them for clients, but now I, in effect, I'm the client. What you know? How do I how do I do yeah. that and market that building? So that's that's where I thought that working on the mastermind program would would uh, greatly help that because it's not like a buy to let property. Or- let me ask you a question: Have you heard of SAS pensions? They're a fantastic tool for business owners to wrap a commercial property up in a tax free bubble. A SAS can work particularly well with the CMO strategy to generate money both inside and outside of your pension. It goes without saying, I'm not a SaaS expert, but let me introduce you to someone that is. Bryn Walker has been advising on SaaS pensions for many years and has been a long-term supporter of the CPI network. SaaS and commercial property work incredibly well together, but there are many nuances, and Bryn will make sure you don't stray from the right path. Look in the show notes for the partner link and book up a SaaS discovery call with Bryn. Or, or that kind of thing, you, you know if you produce a quite a good product, um, you kind of know if there's a market there or not and what the, the price point is when, you, when you're dealing with commercial multi-let spaces that aren't really offered in the area. The way that, that you or I would do them now, it's a bit of a more daunting prospect. So. It, yeah, it's just that lack of experience. But I mean, yeah. most people have bought a house or lived in a house at least. Not everybody's worked in a, in a private office, you know, or, or certainly not bought them. But it's interesting, a, a, a conversation recently um, along the similar lines of somebody's looking at a building in an area where there isn't really that provision. In fact, a couple of conversations when I think about it, where there isn't a provision and they're being told, you know, there isn't a, that's not here, nobody's going to be interested. But over time, you, you kind of start to see, well, actually, that's just not correct. If it's not there, there's a certain requirement for that in most places. And if it's not there, that's actually a good sign. Yeah. It's a good sign. So let's let's talk about the building then. So you 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 moved into part of it. I know there's different phases you've been doing. Maybe you could just describe a little bit about that and also how you have phased it because you've let spaces as you've gone along, which is really quite a smart way to do it. Yeah. So it's 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 over two stories. So we've got a ground floor area and then on the first floor, and the first floor is larger because it partly goes over a neighboring building. So you go up a set of a stairwell and then you've got offices or space on one side and then space on the other side. So a natural split on the first floor and then you've got the ground floor. So that's how we split it in three in three areas. And the whole building did need uh, refurbished. I, and you're talking back to stonework basically is what we ended up um, doing in the end. So phase one was three spaces, which we did that to strip them back to the stonework and started again. Um, but we didn't change the layout. There was three big windows, three rooms, not a lot else you can really uh, do with it. Um, so that's what we did and got that let out in May. Um, so yeah. maybe five months or so after. Um, and then... Uh, you we, got, let's just, let's be clear, you got that let out before it was finished? Yes, all three of them, yeah, pre-let, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're still happily in there um, as we speak, thankfully. And then we focused on the ground floor. So we were we were using the original part of the other side upstairs, which was originally four rooms. Yeah. Um, so we continued to use that trade from there. And then we did up the ground floor, which provides the communal space. So um, kitchen area, toilets, um, 
breakout area and there's a small bit of co-working that we've created in there. Yep. Um, that's been kind of used sparingly and obviously with COVID, et cetera, we haven't really pushed that. But the other area that we've got on the ground floor is our own space. So that's what I'm sitting uh, speaking to you today from. Yep. So we've got um, my two members of staff in here and myself, and we are in effect in providing the management for the building. So it's not a massive building, but because we are running a letting agency predominantly that's managing space or buildings, we can manage this building from that staff base. We're not having to employ someone extra yeah. or really have any additional costs to manage the space. And that's maybe the little unique point that we've got with our company that allows us to look at these buildings. Um, yeah. Yeah, because I will come on to going forward, where you're looking at going forward, but yeah. there's a model there, isn't there? It can be the challenge, Neil, can't it? Is if they're too small, you can't put a member of staff in because it just eats up any profit. Yeah. But, yeah. but when you've got another little way of dealing with it, as you've just suggested, that it can make it quite um, commercially quite viable, whereas for somebody else it might not. Sorry, what were you going to say? I was just going to say that, the, and then we've got the final phase, which is um, another five spaces that we've created. So we've we've reconfigured that area. It could could have been kept with four with one bigger space, but I've configured it to five, which ironically I had someone then last week saying, so if this wall was down, that how many people would I get in this big area? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but it's um decorators a way to start there later this week. So it's well underway. It's been the windows have been my big snag with that area because yeah. it's a listed building. Uh, we had to get planning permission for it and they're all bespoke made extremely large and expensive uh, yeah, timber windows yeah <laughs> <laughs> i thought i did well there uh, <laughs> so um we've kind of had to work around that but we're basically on the finishing second fix and finishings in there so and we've got one of those pre-let and another couple of people interested in a couple of the spaces so we'll really start to probably push the market on those very soon i would think yeah great and that just just to go back to your point there about those the customer coming saying, well, is, could this be bigger? I mean, it always happens. But have you have you done anything different to those internal walls so that you can potentially change them, or are they, are they full of sockets and radi radiators? We've done. Um, there's three of the rooms that are kind of that's the size, and to change them would be a bit difficult right. just by the, the the layout of the external walls. But there's there's two rooms that we did in a way that could be one room or or two rooms so likes of where the radiators are are not on the walls that would come down there yes. uh, that's been cabled so that if that services out of the wall came out it wouldn't knock the rest of the the rings out etc so um and the ceiling could be you know amended to make it work so it could be taken down if need be yeah, yeah. that was the idea but I was originally going to make it one big room and make it that we could build it if we need to but from what we've been getting in interest until last week, of course, um, it's more mean for the smaller spaces. So you can't please everybody. No, exactly. <laughs> Just need another building for that, but maybe that's the solution. Yeah. Well, that's right. That is yeah. the right solution. Okay, so in in the area you're in, um, there are there are let's say competitors. There are other offers customers could go for. What what do you think are your kind of USBs or what did you establish when you were looking at the market, what you needed to provide that was going to differentiate you? Well, I guess as part of that process, when I was looking for a building, I was looking for a home for my company initially. So I'm looking at spaces from, well, initially, as I said, I was looking at spaces to rent. So I was looking at what would I want to, to work from ultimately. And the competition 
yeah, that there's like I walked into most of them to have a look, and I'm like, well, I would want to put in, you know, some LED lights in there and give the place a paint and at least replace the carpet tiles that are look about 15 plus years old. So, yeah. uh, there's that kind of side of it where you're just offering a, a nicer offering. But what we're finding is that a with the management that we can provide on on site. So um, if someone's got a problem with something, they can just come downstairs and and speak to us about it. But also is the communal aspect of it. So you know, people are maybe working away in the room by themselves, um, but they can come down and make themselves a coffee and they maybe have a chat with us or someone else in the building or whatever, and maybe have their lunch with other people and stuff. So it's that community kind of aspect of the building that I think is yeah. is is a a big differentiator between the others. Yeah, and and you've you've played on because you've got this list of building. You, you've got there's a story there, right? And you you've played on the. I guess the the history of the building to create your brand. You've called it Lions Den. You could maybe just re- remind me of the the predecessor that was there and why you came up with that name. But but that all kind of encompasses that thing about creating a community, creating a space that's got more stickiness, so that people feel they're part of something other than just an office. Yeah. So um, the building over a hundred years old, and it was originally an ironmongery store built or owned by Peter Lyon. So when you talk to anyone local in the town, you'd tell them where the building was and you would say money-wise, which used to be the, the last company was in it, nah, didn't really register with them yeah. or across the road from the bank or stuff. No, I'm not so sure. But then if you said, oh, um, Peter Lyon's old place, like, oh, why did you not say that? And then somebody actually said to me, said, you just call it Peter Lyon's. And it's like, well, that doesn't quite work. But uh, <laughs> um, So that that kind of got my brain thinking and I came up with the name and then I spoke to the guy that does our brand and stuff and he's like, no, I like that. So it's like, okay, we're on the right track here. So he's um, he's used his creative license on the logo a little bit in the, in the town kind of um, branding that the town has and some of that stuff. So great. Yeah. So just going back to the, the the offer and pricing, and I don't generally focus in on pricing. It's kind of a it's a byproduct of working out where the demand is, isn't it? But when you because I remember having conversations during the process, Neil, when you've looked at pricing compared with the competitors, <clears throat> where do you feel you've ended up? Um, are, are you more expensive? Are you kind of in line? You know, and and just in terms of what customers are going to be able to get from you and from your offer, what, what what's your thoughts on your pricing? Our pricing is higher than the local competition, but then I think if you look at the service and quality you're getting, it is probably quite cheap values, in comparison. The value is yes. higher. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think, I mean, also I've had to be respectful of the fact that the tenants or that have moved in here have moved in while works are ongoing in yes. the building. Yes, so there's there's a, there's an element of come and join us, help us as well as we're helping you while we get this thing going, and then perhaps in time that that might um, there might be some more value there you can derive. But but interestingly, what you're saying is that looking at all the competitors in town, some of which are better or worse, you've managed to create new space. You're you're correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you're in an area that's growing rapidly. So there's the pie isn't getting bigger. Pie's kind of the same size, but you managed to introduce a new product and derive the highest rentals in the in the local area because of the product mix. Yeah. Yeah. And when you were starting out, did anyone from a commercial background have any opinions on your thoughts? Uh, 
didn't really understand it, I would say, or when I it was the surveyor did the valuation, um, you would have thought that the solution was just to knock the building down and make it a clean site, I think. So <laughs> yeah. It's not an unfamiliar thing to hear, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of the, the thought process. And then generally everyone's take on it was okay, so you're going to make that your business premises on the ground floor and put two flats upstairs. Yes. yes and standard operating procedure. Yeah, and the two flats would generate the same income as phase one is generating at the moment. So that's only not even half of other upstairs. So, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. That strategy of um, shops and uppers or an office or retail or something on the ground floor with the uppers is a good strategy. But if you're completely blinkered to it, you might be missing up opportunities to create much better cash flow. Um, and, and I think, you know, the flats on the above often people end up selling them because that's the way of taking on the better increase in value you've created because the ROI is quite low on the, in, you know, in the uh, sort of, in the GDV value. But if you actually do it as a commercial, you can get that better cash flow from day one, or at least work up to bigger and bigger cash flow, can't you? Yeah, I, yeah. I think almost, I'm just thinking about it just now, that if you took this building and put it like in a bigger uh, town or even city, making it into two residentials upstairs would probably make more sense because you would get a better premium for it. Yes. And the flip side, if you put the uh, CMO space that we've created in the wrong location where there's got a lot of competition, you wouldn't get such a good return on that either. So it, yeah, it depends on your location or your market quite a yeah. lot, I would agree. Yes, yeah, it's, it's understanding where the gaps are in your local market. And CMO is fantastic. doesn't work everywhere. And it does. Do, and, and you'll have different product levels as well. Yours... Would you, if you had to pick a star rating, one to five, where, where would you put your, your kind of think, product? Well, when it's fully finished, I think maybe in the, like, around about the four mark, somewhere the three yeah. and a half to four, yeah. So, so most of the competition, if I may, around you is probably in the two, possibly three. Yeah. But probably in the two, isn't it? Yeah. So it's not that there wasn't any there. It's just that the product and the grade you, you've created wasn't. And, and therefore, you were able to pick up some demand that nobody else was actually managing to satisfy. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, horses for courses. And some of our buildings are not, definitely not four-star. Some of them are. Some of them are maybe two and three because mm. it's just it's different in different areas, isn't it? So um, can we just go on a little bit about the finance? You managed to get the Clydesdale. Yeah. And um, for those that don't know Clydesdale, it's at, at High Street Bank. And... That helped fund the purchase because you had a business to move into there. You leveraged that. But actually the development and the kind of, well, I guess the refurbishment and, and stripping back to the walls, as you say, which is not inexpensive. How did you fund that? So um, I did secure a very small grant from the local authority um, yeah. because it was listed um, conservation area, et cetera, for, but that was like a drop in the ocean and compared to the actual cost of the project, but you know, everything That's, helps. Yeah. So, and then a little bit of it has been put in uh, from myself or from cash flow through the trading company, but we're really trying to grow that at the same time. So there's not a big pot there. So predominantly it's come from private finance. Yeah. So we've done two rounds of private finance. So the first one was kind of to get phase one and two complete. A combined uh, sum, and then we've secured private finance to complete phase three. Great. And are you? What's your anticipation about? Are you aiming to pay that back at some point? What, so what's the strategy? I've set that up at the moment, rightly or wrongly, to um, 
the two private finances that we've got or private loans and the commercial bank loan will all be due at the end of this year so we should be finished the building soon have a bit of record and then we're you know as we progress through this year looking at a refinance of the whole thing yeah to then help you with the the next one which we'll yes. come on to in a little yes, bit yes. right so i did have one question i wanted to ask um i don't normally focus in too much on this but we worked together for a while through the mastermind program we're, we're now doing some some other work together but how did you find the the timing of that and and what the value because the mastermind program that we do isn't just about me obviously there's a group of peers isn't there um all going through different projects so was there anything there that helped you with decisions on this project or anything that made you think do you know what i need to do that slightly differently or just was it kind of rubber stamping what your thought process was um i think big value as you say is working with the other people in the group so you see what buildings they're working on or how they're tackling certain issues but i think because i got the building and i was doing the redevelopment it was like being able to discuss specification on best solution like for soundproofing between the offices or yeah. um discussing you know your your license agreement and what how to how to set that up or all that kind of practical stuff i suppose so someone yeah. looking at it they would maybe get a lot of insight into how to source a building etc but i kind of done that but that was still valuable because obviously i want to buy or have more than one building i just don't want to have one in stock so you got to see the different stages which are all if you're looking to progress then they're all relevant because they're relevant for the current building the next one or the one yeah. you've done before because you're still looking after that potentially yeah and with the um with the redevelopment had you always thought in your mind i'm going to do eight spaces and a co-work on the ground floor was that fairly clear cut from the start and uh, no because probably one of the advantages and disadvantages of my background is that i can sit and work on plans in autocad if i wish to <laughs> so there's been quite a few different layouts but it's all right when i first got the building right though this is what i would do with it if we were using it ourselves but we're not using it all ourselves so you've got to try and be as flexible as you can while not just going along with every demand that comes your way yes. just because it suits them and then it screws up the rest of the building so so no it wasn't like, like we weren't originally going to be on the ground floor for example when i first mm -hmm. looked at the, the design we were going to be in one of the, the spaces upstairs um and we were maybe going to create some rooms on the ground floor or or, or even meeting booths or rooms as we worked with the current tenants that are in the building and then other people looking at it, it became clear that that wasn't really something that was going to be needed. So yeah, we've kind of flexed with that as we go, which is probably where the advantage comes that we can do that in-house or yes. on this size of building. Yeah, our flexibility is key. And you never know, you might end up changing that again. You know, yeah, it's exactly. Having that flexibility in your build, isn't it? Okay, thanks for that. So looking forward, um, with that experience, under your belt now I, we're, we're nearly finished that project right and you've been looking at other deals you've been discussing other deals what through what you've learned so far one of the things i've really noticed is you've you've become more and more focused in on your kind of investment criteria what you're trying to do not just in this in in your in your business as well and, and it's certainly not you, you mentioned already you work with a mentor on your on your business so and i just noticed that focus so what's next maybe you could just give people an idea of what you're trying to do now well um obviously through uh 
working on the program with yourself, yeah, the mastermind, and we met other people. I'm working with one of the other uh, group in Wendy Sned, and we're working on a project in Peterhead where she's going to invest in that. Um, and we'll project manage the full refurbishment of it and the actual management of it at the end. So it's of a size where we should be able to employ someone full time in yep. that building. So my short term focus for this year is really to grow cash flow in the business. And that is through uh, the letting agency. I've kind of got a target, a financial target I want to hit there. And I've got plans in place and how I'm going to achieve that. Um, and also uh, on the CMO side. So obviously getting this building finished, getting the income from there, but taking on other buildings. So yep. in the short term, it looks like I'll be working on the pro projects like the one with Wendy, where um, that's her building, if you like. And I'm looking at couple of other buildings where one of them being a private investor that's working on this project might actually purchase the building maybe with a future option to buy for ourselves but yep. it's to try and keep the momentum keep growing and also by growing that cash flow in the business it allows it takes me out of the day-to-day -day side of it quicker so that i can then focus on on growing and um, the company looking at future projects but also building that team to support that yeah so really focusing in on on your time being spent on the most productive yes the key yeah. things that are going to make the difference so that's a joint venture that you're, you're working on over in peterhead the other ones maybe joint ventures maybe some of your own you know um purchases it, it's interesting to see that you're really only staying within what 45 minutes of where you live yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, around that. Yeah, I think there's enough scope. I've identified a few locations where there's different things going on. Um, like last week, I went to one of the other towns and met with one of the local proactive councillors who gave me a kind of indication on some buildings that are going on there. So it's just building those relationships and I think working our way out. I don't see the point in going two hours away when we don't yeah. need to. Yeah. And it's, those places aren't without without competition. It's yeah. just It's kind of similar to where you are right now. It needs shaking up yeah and also the, as we mentioned before the advantage with the letting agency i can decide right we'll open up doing letting in that area and that reduces the risk a little bit as well because you've all you've got a tenant there you can maybe take on a building that some others can't quite yes touch and then you can provide a higher level of service because of that yeah and you, you know there is a model there that others use which is it you, you might have other businesses that you work with right now that are similar not conflicting you maybe got the same customer base and actually they could move to you with you sorry to another building as well yeah yeah and you end up having a little core of people that can develop out as you go i always remember um a, a potential customer who unfortunately i couldn't buy this building but he was desperate for me to buy this building for him to move in and then looking at other locations that we were potentially going to do and it did make me think, you know, if you find two or three that are aligned and want to grow, it's not the case, everybody's at the same stage, but if you can find those that want to grow as well as same kind of pace as yourself, that you may already have tenants lined up for those different locations. Not quite past, not quite worked that one out for myself, but, <laughs> you know, I definitely think there's a model in there for sure. So if somebody's um, listening into this, Neil, and, and we've, we've gone through um, that process that where we've discussed the process you've been through what are the kind of top tips you would mention to somebody who's getting started now um uh, you know and, and at the end of the day not everybody listening to this has got their own business to leverage but there are other options of course that really just helps with finance doesn't it and as you've said you can get private finance but what are the things that you've learned that you would think right if i was doing this these are the things i really would like to know well i think the first one is really simple start 
you know <laughs> yeah. <Do laughs> you something. Could, yeah because that's what I, I i okay i had a necessity but that so that kicked my action i would like to think that I'm, I'm that way inclined anyway but um the doing part is where i've learned the the, the sitting on the fence looking don't really learn a lot there sadly um and it's not much fun either so yeah <laughs> <laughs> i would that would be my first point is to you know just get out there and, and view the properties even if you don't think it's suitable view that property meet that agent run the numbers look at what your budget would be to repair it or maybe speak to some contractors about what they think about it um you know kind of show show you're you're, you're serious but also um get out and if possible you know work with other like-minded people who are looking to invest in that area or maybe a bit further on than you are or getting out we can maybe get out to a bit more networking things now and just yeah as you I, the phrase i think you've used quite a lot on your podcast is get in the swim that is yeah. yeah i think that's what i've by doing it it's it's it can be scary at times but that is definitely what i've learned the most is just getting in there and getting on with it and what else would you say is there any other top tips so one uh, just flip and get out there and get yeah. started yeah, well, probably actually would be a bit bolder and go for larger buildings in some ways. But I, I know you say start small, which is maybe fair, but once you've maybe got comfortable with that, because the work involved in the building we've got at the moment is probably as much work as in, in a building that's two, three times yeah. the size. Sometimes it's actually more because on a bigger building, you can afford to appoint the right people to do specific roles where on a smaller one you've kind of got to do all those roles so mm -hmm. um yeah i think going forward i'm not so sure i would take on a building of this size again it's been really good to learn from but i think going forward with that knowledge i would like to do uh, larger buildings if yeah, possible more scale yeah. yeah scale yeah. okay so get in the swim get scaling quickly third one oh third one um well i think that that would be um yeah trying to work with other like-minded investors or um learning from others i'm a great believer that yeah if you're you know get, getting that knowledge or finding out if some if there's a way you can fast track your learning or improving i would that that's for me definitely yeah make it a bit easier for yourself yeah, yeah. okay so um neil we, we mentioned about you're doing a jv um we haven't touched on it too much but you have got some pretty good architectural skills and knowledge of building control and planning so these things all help and you've got a lessons business already and you're looking at maybe expanding on doing joint ventures in terms of building up your brand as well so one of the things that we definitely talk about is where people can find you and any of those sort of services if anybody's looking for any of those things where's the best place to look neil so um i'm on linkedin just looking for neil mcleod you'll find me there um instagram at neil mcleod property partners and yeah. the company page actually is where a lot of the stuff online is then is at, at property parts um okay. and at property parts on facebook as well is where a lot of the generally facebook a lot of the the building stuff is on there as well but yeah right, right. so what we'll do is we'll put in the show notes yeah, I'll those, send those, those links and then if anybody wants to go and look at Lion's Den and what we've been talking about here for about an hour you can have a look and see the see the development that Neil's been working on and where it is yes yeah. um, do you know what I find amazing about where, where you are Neil and where that project is the rental income you're achieving up there is quite a bit higher than some of the locations that we have and, I, and we're more central Scotland where you would think there's maybe a wee bit more demand and it just shows you um that you know you expectations set by the outer market is not necessarily 
where things could end up. And I, I think you've been doing a, a great job up there. And I'm looking forward to, to seeing that develop over other properties in, in, in your area. And I know others have done, I guess not done the same thing. They've, they've, they've got a network of locations, but they're tired. They haven't grown into the modern feel of what people are looking for. And I think you're creating a really great product up there. So thank you so much for coming on the show, Neil. Um, be nice to bring you back later on when we've got another couple of um, deals under the belt. Yeah, that sounds good. Anyone wanting to find out more about Neil, we'll pop those in the show notes. Thank you so much. We'll speak to you all again very soon. Thank you so much, Neil, for taking time out of your busy week to share some of your experiences with our listeners. I'm sure lots of you have got great value from that interview. If anyone listening would like to connect with Neil, as we said, just jump into the show notes where you'll find a list of all the relevant user handles and social media stuff and all those things in there. If you're interested in finding out more about our mastermind program or working with CPI, then there will also be a link or two in the notes for our website where there are free resources and for my Instagram account where I post all about our latest redevelopment activities. Lots of visual stuff there of projects we're working on. So have a great week out there. And as Neil said, the number one action is get out there and start. Get in the swim. <laughs>